As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Spectres, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with N7, the legend. Sam, I feel like you have packed full a box with dynamite, and we're now running around the box with torches. <laughs> is it is it because of my comments on Ashley? Is I think well, there's that. So there's the last two episodes we did about Ashley, and then there's the fact that today's patron episode. So welcome to all our patrons. Welcome to all the people in chat. We are we're doing our patron episode for the end of the month, and the topic of today is Team Caden versus Team Ashley, and we've you've just packed packed that thing full of new things for people to be considering. And getting opinions all riled up, people are people are ready to. I don't know, man. We're just we're just running around with sparks, ready to light things on fire. You know, despite despite how many times I refuted the Ashley is racist uh, bottom line sentiment, and you know provided evidence for that as well, I am completely ready to hear Ashley is racist. <laughs> <laughs> More than once tonight. It might happen. It might happen. But we might yeah. get lots of other arguments, too, because we've got we got two people to consider. We've got different perspectives on each of them. We've got everybody's variations of their playthroughs influencing their opinions. And we've got a full house. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call out everybody's name. I'm going to give everybody a big welcome. Just go through the list. Everybody stays quiet. And then on the count of three, everybody will unmute and you will say Team Caden or Team Ashley, and we'll just see what the cacophonous hap what 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 explodes. We'll see what words stand out from each other, and you guys you guys can shout this out all you want. All right, here we go. We're gonna welcome everybody. We've got Genesis Turbo Toboggan Soda Captain Shanko Big Bills Apollo Mike and Akron, who happens to be at work right now, which is awesome. He's on his phone while he's working. This is great. So welcome to everybody. All right. Everybody unmute. Get ready. Here we go on the count on three. One, two, three. I'm Ashley. That was awesome. I don't know what anybody said. That was great. Uh, that was our show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. Did I just avoid did I avoid it all? Did it work, Sam? It worked. 
We're through. Sweet. We did yes. it. Yes. Okay. So, all right. I want to see uh, hands. I want to see hands here. I want to get just a general lay of the land. Who, raise your hand, who is Team Caden? Two, three, four. Oh, this is going to be split in half. We've got kind of a maybe-ish, but you got you to pick one or the other. You got to pick one or the other. All right, so that means the rest of you are Team Ashley. This is, this is almost even, guys. This is almost an even split. It may be an even split, depending on where some of these eh, maybes go, right? All right, so I want to hear what... Does anybody feel like they've got like a really, really solid argument? And I want what I want to do is see what the arguments are for each side and then see if anybody by the end of the episode changes teams. So that's the perspective I got. I want you guys to use here is as you're describing the reason why you are pro the team you're you're for, why that is in a way that you might be able to convince other people to swap. So who would like to Oh, Apollo, do you want to go first? Apollo's ready. So I'm Team Ashley. N7 covered so much of why anybody would be Team Ashley already, but I can just throw in a little bit of what I feel like. So what I appreciate so much with Ashley is they gave us a character that at the very beginning you don't like, and I didn't like her at the very beginning. But as I talked to her more and more, I liked her more and more. The reason I saved her in in Veermeyer was simply because she had talked about her family and her sister and it felt like she had a little sister who kind of depended on her not she didn't need her she didn't depend on her so much but this was a little sister who looked up to her and she'd been looking out for her for her whole life so i didn't want to break that bond by killing her on beer letting her die on Beermeyer. but by the end of mass effect 3 i loved ashley so i liked that that bioware gave me a character that i didn't like but taught me to love this character. So, and Sam hit on all the reasons why, but that's a big reason for me is so her the, redemption. The character development, the redemption, yeah. and even the fact that even at the beginning when she was the least likable, she, she had this like family connection thing going on that really kind of hit you. Well, it showed me that she cared about things. It showed me that there was depth to this character that she was, even though at the beginning she does seem kind of racist, but it showed that she would put others before herself. And I always felt like she would, she would give her life for her sister if she, if it ever came down to it. And that, that resonated with me. And I was like, I can't, I can't sacrifice her. I got to look out for her, her sister. Got it. So like read these redeemable qualities. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Who else wants to, wants to team up with you on this one? Genesis? See Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I also agree that Ashley was not a character that I liked in the beginning. Um, and it took a long time for me to warm up to her. In fact, it took five playthroughs in order for me to keep her alive. Just a few. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I did, I realized how important a femship run keeping Ashley alive was. Interesting. Because okay. Because we didn't talk about that a whole lot in our two episodes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Go. Let's dig into this. So Ashley is commanding officers. OK, one, she's got her dad, you know, uh, General uh, Williams, and then she's got the great war hero, General Williams. So those were her two male role models to follow after all of her commanding officers. Once she joined the military, were all male. Mm -hmm. And then she finally meets commander femship 
a female who has shown I can rise through the ranks. I can hit N7 status. I can become a specter. I can become a galaxy wide known heroine. Badass. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. And I think Ashley needs to see that. That she doesn't have to be a tomboy. She doesn't have to be a rough and tumble, you know, the 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 sharp shot. You know, she doesn't have to be that. She can allow her femininity to come through and she can still be the gorgeous badass and not have it diminish her. And I think that my fem shep does that for her. So it allows so her to seeing, acknowledge her who she really is and not have to be somebody else mm-hmm. in order to you succeed. You don't have to hide yeah, you don't have to hide the, quote, feminine qualities of expressing your emotions openly, crying at your sister's prayer with your sister at the prayer wall. You don't have to hide that. And so I think but you can still then sharpshoot a guy 100 meters away with your with your shotgun. So, you know, <laughs> right. you can be both. And I think that a femship keeping Ashley alive all the way through Mass Effect 3 does that. I like that. I like that perspective. Sam, do you have thoughts on this? I do. Uh, however, <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of think I, I can understand why a femship and 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 playing with Ashley all, through all three games would, uh, you know, foster that character development. But, but for me, I I always felt like she's still who she always was. It's just that the uh, Bioware developers decided to give her a quote unquote glow up. Uh, the point of a lot of contention within the Mass Effect community, might I add, uh, specifically the heels. Not sure that that's very Ashley, uh, but yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think that's one of those things that probably could just will always be debated. You know, what, is this something that she was pushing against in, internally and she finally felt OK with going into? Or is this something that was you know forced upon her by the writing trying to reach an audience in a way that they weren't reaching before you know that kind of thing um and and maybe it's both maybe it's one or the other you know that's i'm sure that's a a hotly debated thing um so so we've got some good arguments here pro ashley let's get some opening arguments for uh team caden shanko shanko wants to start us off all right, mine has far less to do with character and a whole lot more to do with gameplay. Um, for me, at least, um, I typically play through Mass Effect 1 as a soldier, so it's really nice to have that extra biotic backing um, for shields and, you know, and synthetics and all that kind of stuff. So his power set becomes way more useful to you than Ashley's does, especially if you're playing soldier, because if I need tanky, I have Garrison Rex and then I can bring uh, Caden along as my bionic. Uh, I also, as a, you know, for characterization, I really enjoy his interaction, both with a uh, fem Shep and a bro Shep non-romanced and romanced. I feel like the interpersonal relationships with Caden and Commander Shepard, especially progressing from uh, Mass Effect 2 into Mass Effect 3, feel like he has stronger interaction overall. Interesting. Interesting. Good points. Who wants to piggyback on top of this? Kind of like we did with Ashley. Does anybody else want to take those points and expand on them any? We've got Arcan. Arcan, 
How's work? Works great. Um, <laughs> so I keep Caden alive for the gameplay. Um, also because, uh, like, in Mass Effect 3, Ashley's skill set is basically the exact same as James. Um, but other than that, I find Caden's uh, biotic student story to be a bit more compelling, at least to me, than Ashley's family. I understand that, but I guess I'm more of a... Um, a hard ass when it comes to war because people die and sometimes you have to make decisions Caden, i guess just had a more um fruitful outcome for his story arc with uh students even though they didn't really follow up on it and they don't really add anything i felt like in my own head canon it would have um along with he's just a good canadian boy <laughs> so you've got a connection there yeah Nice, nice. Sam, what what is your interpretation of, of this interpretation of Caden? Well, first of all, I want to say that Caden is by far more preferable as a squad mate in Mass Effect 1. Uh, absolutely. I mean, his decryption, his electronics, the other uh, biotic, you know, crowd control abilities that he has when it comes to gameplay. I don't think that there's any any competition i think that caden blows ashley out of the water there uh, especially since most players i think have some level of combat capability in mass effect one and now with legendary edition allowing you to use any weapon you know uh, i can see how that would make uh, ashley even more obsolete in mass effect one anyway uh, but when it comes to caden caden in terms of a you know narrative perspective I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely biased here, but I, I just feel like Ashley has more of a dynamic background, whereas Caden has all of his ducks in a, in a row. You know what I mean? He, 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 the emotional baggage that he does carry is so uh, he, he's got it all under control. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so it's not a big deal. Um, so I think that that makes him a quote unquote less compelling character to a lot of people but I, I think that ashley's narrative at least for me it provides a lot more intrigue if that makes sense yeah that makes sense and cloudy alice just joined us cloudy welcome glad you can make it cloudy hello we're talking we're talking team caden versus team ashley here we had everybody raise their hand as to which team they're on it's split pretty much in half where where do you lie on this uh, I'm Team Caden. I've team never Caden. Ashley. All right, so Team Caden. We've got another Team Caden. Okay, so this is kind of fun because you just showed up and you didn't hear any of the arguments for either of them so far. We've had two people chime in about pro Ashley. We've had two people chime in about pro Caden. I'm curious if I don't, if you don't mind me, just kind of putting you on the spot here without having heard any of the other arguments. Why do you go Caden over Ashley? Well, in in a way, in a way that you would try to convince somebody to come over to your side. Like, what would you say for your side of this? Mine is just more. I feel like it's not really fair because it's more just like I just didn't mesh with Ashley as a person. Like, we're very different people, and I just clicked with Caden more as a person. Um, like, he's just very like. Canadian and agreeable and very nice and I just like I enjoy his backstory and he's like kind of he's complex in the sense of he has maintained his baggage and it's not his whole personality and I like that part Ashley is it's a lot of her backstory it's about 
like the trials of her grandfather and that's like a lot of emotional baggage for her and i just i just never really was a big ashley fan um i'm, I'm a little biased i don't like poetry so <laughs> she sure. talks about okay. a lot and like her topics are pretty heavy like the very first time you meet her it's like one of the first few conversations she asks about your opinion on god which is pretty intense for a video game and pretty I, I mean, it's pretty intense if you just meet somebody and that's the first thing you talk about. I mean, that's pretty intense from any standpoint. Yeah. So it was a very interesting first conversation. I just like, I don't hate Ashley. I'm not one of those people who's like, ah, Ashley needs to die. But I just, <laughs> right. it came down to the choice and the choice was I picked Caden. Interesting. Okay. So it was just more of like a personal connection thing. Does anybody have that for Ashley, I know Sam probably does, but does anybody, can anybody else argue for that? Okay, so we got big bills. Is that how you feel more about Ashley? So, I'm going to preface this with the first time I played Mass Effect, Mass Effect 3, and I romanced Ashley, so I didn't get her whole story. Mm -hmm. Second time I played, when I first played Legendary Edition, I saved Caden because Ashley rubbed me the wrong way. But the last playthrough, I saved Ashley, and I got the whole story, so I got to see. I'd only seen the end. I got to see the beginning and the middle. Um, as a Southern white male from the Southeast United States, um, I've grown up with and around very racist family members. Oof. Um, but that's all I knew growing up. So I didn't know any different. I didn't know any better until I got to college and I had to relearn everything. We talked we, to, to, to chime in real quick. We talked about this on the last episode a good bit that oftentimes yeah. when people are put in situations where they actually get to know other people who they never had the chance of meeting before, they start to realize how much more you have in common with people who are, quote unquote, different from you mm -hmm. than you ever would have expected before you had that situation. Do you feel like you fall into that camp? Yeah. So I really good. Like for me. One of my first jobs in college, I was working at Costco in the meat department and two of my coworkers were African Muslim. Wow. And I grew up in a very Christian, Caucasian Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of family. Thing. Yeah. And I learned really quick that we're not different, not very different at all. Um, and it, it really threw a wrench into my whole like thought process. Um, That's amazing. So That's awesome seeing that with Ashley, it's like, all right, I can see a little bit of, of myself and her in that point of you get that redemption, you get the redemption you learned and you see how you are wrong just with how you were raised. And then it's like, Oh, I can be a decent human being. And I actually learned that this crap was wrong. Even if you weren't a bad human being outside of your racist thoughts and tendencies. Right. Well, you just didn't have the opportunity to grow yet. Yeah, you're just a, a you know, as, as a child, it's 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 one of those philosophical things I struggle with a lot is that in childhood, we make many of the most important decisions that we will over our entire lives, but we're also more ignorant than we will ever be. Yeah. And that dilemma of like, like, like we were like Sam and I were talking, like everyone's in the middle of their story. You know, if somebody had met you 10 years ago, the you that they met is going to be different than they, the you they meet now. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we're all continuing to grow. We're not, we're not complete until our stories are done. And at that point, then it's, it's just done. Right. So that's, that's a really cool perspective. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. So interesting. So we're getting we're getting. OK, let's sum this up so far. We've got 
people on both sides who are like, hey, I like the the character development. I like the stories. I connect with them personally. I can see that I would get along with this person more. We've got a little bit on the side of Caden for pro gameplay. Does anybody want to argue the pro gameplay side of Ashley? Or is that, do you feel, do we feel like, yeah, for the most part, Caden wins that fight? Funny thing, I've never taken either of them on a mission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I typically don't either. Usually <laughs> I'm picking somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody take Ashley out on missions usually? Is that like a go-to? So no, like across the board, like no Ashley, not no Ashley on missions. So I did, I did for, you know, my first playthrough, uh, because as many people do, when you have a love interest in the game, you try to bring them as, as often as you can, you know, because at least my thought process back then was, okay, if I take them on more missions, does that mean I unlock more dialogue? Does that mean that like right. I don't advance know. the the romance that way, or or maybe the inverse is true? You know, maybe maybe you don't take them out on many missions and and your relationship degrades. I, I was or maybe sure. they're put in danger and then they can't continue the story. Like until you play through, you don't really know where the boundaries are. Right. Yeah, I didn't know at all. Yeah, that's interesting. Soda, you you kind of said sort of like you take Ashley out. Can you talk about that a little bit? I, I do take Ashley out every once in a while, like when, like, so, like, I, how I usually play Ashley is, I usually play her as a character, like, I don't like her as a person at all, like, I, I just can't connect with her personally, like, if I were to prefer to save some, it would be Cade. Um, I mostly would keep, usually keep Ashley alive for some of the dialect that you get between certain characters such as Terra and Tally and some other characters. Oh, so like the, the mission two. banter, like the kind of, yes, yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's a different perspective. Because if, yeah. In, in math, I think it's Mass Effect three. If you have romanced Ashley in Mass Effect one and then romance Tally in Mass Effect three and two and three, mm -hmm. you'll get a, when you're on the get dreadnought you get an option for this hot little the, a bit of well i consider kind of a bit of a confrontation between the two of them it's like hey you stole my guy wow kind of thing and but i i i i do that keep her alive for that because i like seeing that confrontation between the two of them because like but if i would prefer to keep, keep someone alive it would be caden because you know, he's, he's just more about, you know what I mean, duty and like, you know, like he, he literally offers to sacrifice himself at, um, what is it? Um, Vermeer. Yeah. So that, that weighs more for you in yes. the equation. I gotcha. I gotcha. To be fair, both of them advocate for it. Well, true. And and if you do spare Ashley, she expresses some extreme survivor's guilt. Uh, and she she says that Dammit Shepard, you know, like I'm paraphrasing here, but she's like, you know, Dammit Shepard, why didn't you let me do it? Why didn't you let me, you know, redeem myself, redeem my family's name? And then Shepard, of course, can reply and say, like, stop, stop trying to be a martyr. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I love I love the different perspectives on this and I love how split our our little community here is on this. Um, 
We're going to continue. If you haven't chimed in, be thinking about what you might be able to say to convince people on the other side of your argument. We've got a lot of like explanation for things, but but I think we could probably go a little further into the this is why you don't want to be on the other person's side. Maybe there's some arguments you can make there. So be thinking about that. But we need to take a quick break. Thank our patrons. So we got to thank you guys and the rest of our patrons. And we'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. So this should be pretty quick. We've got to thank our patrons. We've got a new one, Zachary R., who signed up recently. Welcome, Zachary, to the Patreon. We have 64 current patrons, and we've got some Commander Shepherds. We need to we need to shout Coca Shins, Captain Shanko, Kira, Lieutenant Tosino, Pipe Man, and Big Bill's 
thank you so much to all of you guys. And some of you guys are here. So thank you so much for being here and, and chatting with us and hanging out. This is always so fun. Um, if you're if you're looking to help support our show, then go to patreon.com and check out our patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. You can just go to patreon.com and just find somebody else's Patreon if you wanted to. But that's not our show. Uh, and then you can get all the different stuff. Go check that stuff out. You've heard this before. I've done this before. Also, if you want to leave a rating and review, then doing that on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating on Spotify would be extremely helpful for getting the show out there in front of other people. Or just tell your friends. You guys have heard this reveal. All right. We're going to talk more about Caden versus Ashley. Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So, speaking about human relationships, um, <laughs> who hasn't gone yet, who feels like they could bring something that hasn't been said before, or maybe kind of really push something a little bit further? Turbo? Turbo, I see your hand up. Uh, uh, mm, the way you say push it forward, I don't know if it pushes it forward, but, uh, um, and I'm worried now everyone's saying this, I don't know if I'm technically team Caden. I like Caden because of the gameplay, but the reason... I always saved him on Vermeyer and stuff is because I felt I don't have anything against Ashley. I just like how she gets a redemption part if you sacrifice her for Vermeil. And that's my very shallow explanation and now I'm worried I just dropped the ball. I mean there's but, no no yeah, I you're not dropping the ball. This is this is your perspective. Yeah. This is the way this this plays out. Sam, and in fact I, that, I, that's my favorite canon. I know. giving her that redemption like that and i used to hate Caden. it wasn't until legendary edition came out and we were actually on one of the patron chats and uh sam told me he gets better once you learn more about him that i did a playthrough and i saved Caden, and i'm like i i like Caden now more just because i thought he was just a whiny little all you all and stuff because <laughs> I, I i i always ended up killing him really quick yeah. So I didn't learn anything about him, and now I just bonded more with Caden now, like more of the bromance kind of thing. He's your bro, and I and then I realized, and by sacrificing her, she gets redemption of like her family name, and I'm like, that just works so good now. So that's kind of what put me on it. Well, it sounds like you like both of them. Like that, uh, like you've got you've got an appreciation of both. Is there one that you definitely side more with? If you had to pick sides, if I had to pick sides, I have to pick Caden because no offense, he's a way better using him in the very beginning when you have low tech thing. You can like you use him like just especially on that first planet, just give him all, just put it all in tech, and you can unlock all the stuff so you don't miss anything. So for you, it's the gameplay advantage pushes it over the edge. Yeah, the gameplay advantage pushed me over edge for Caden. It's 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 like a balanced thing, and you just put his tech abilities, and it's like, boom. Got it. Uneven to scale, but I love both of them. But it's just that I love how the redemption now. Gotcha, gotcha. Any thoughts on on this? I mean, it sounds like it sounds like Caden's got a strong benefit from the uh, from the gameplay side. Sam, do you think? Does I, I know you? I know you love Ashley. I know that she's she holds a very special place in your heart, but what about the gameplay aspect? Does that influence you at all? No, it does. Um, 
I mean, I just, I'm much more of a narrative guy over gameplay, mm-hmm. but if you're more of a gameplay person than a narrative person, then I don't fault you for choosing Caden whatsoever. Uh, at least in Mass Effect 1, because of the reasons like Turbo had just said. Uh, he, he has the decryption skill, the tech skills that come in, su- they come in such handy situations uh, if you're playing in, you know, a soldier or an adept or a vanguard, uh, you know. Or a higher it, difficulty level. Right, or higher difficulty yeah. level. And he has a lot of crowd control abilities, which are nice. Um, but I got to stick, you know, with Ashley, the, the narrative one. Um, you know, the, the sacrifice on Vermeer, I was trying to think about it. And I feel like she uh, would like this liter- literary comparison. So I'm sorry for everyone on the, that does not like literature, but I am about to quote, <laughs> I am about to quote Charles Dickens. I'm not big uh, on poetry either. I'm kind of team poetry. cloudy here. It's not poetry. It's <laughs> not poetry. It's, it's uh, from a tale of two cities. It is a far, far better thing that I do now than any I've ever done. It is a far, far better rest that I go to than any I've ever known. And of course that, that line is spoken by Sidney Carton in A Tale of Two Cities who swaps his place for another man's to be executed. And he's doing it for the woman that he loves because that's the man that she loves. And so the, the concept there is to, to take someone else's place who would be doomed uh, as an honorable and noble thing to do, mm-hmm. which it feels like Ashley is doing. Well, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, I mean, it's, in some ways it's directly related to a Christ-like thing of taking on the punishment for the sins of others to redeem them, that kind of thing. Right. It just kind of plays out in a more modern setting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. These, these, and those themes are very powerful by the way. Like whenever we see those in any literature games or whatever, who hasn't gone yet? Has anybody, has everybody chimed in? Mike, you might, you might, you haven't gone. Mike, what do you, what do you want to add on to all of this? So anybody who has heard me talk before will probably not be too terribly surprised that I don't have uh, too strong of an opinion one way or the other. I think that having them both uh, is really, really important. I actually think that the Ashley Kitten choice is maybe the best uh choice that you have to make in all of the trilogy just like i don't know functionally uh storytelling wise because i i've mentioned previously it's one of the only times that you actually have to make a real choice uh you know if you have enough program to renegade points as the game progresses like most of the major decisions you can kind of hope you need it to um Whereas that is one of the few times when you actually do have to make uh, a choice where you are very clearly saving one thing and, and getting rid of another. Um, if I had to choose, I think Ashley is a little more interesting from um, the from a narrative perspective in you know how what sci-fi is and you know sci-fi's function in society because i think that uh something very interesting that i've heard before about sci-fi is that it's a way to take things and make them one step removed to kind of kind of light on uh things in our actual life yeah you know the, yeah the fantasy and that, sci-fi both do that right right you know that's why it's a, it's a lot uh 
you know, fantasy and sci-fi, you see a lot of things like racism in there because it's easier to present those things when they are one step removed and make people think about it that way because it's not hitting too close to home for, you know, people who might be racist and need their minds changed. It's like just removed enough to where they can kind of see it from an outsider looking in. You know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should reconsider these things. And I think Ashley is a, a good example of that. One of my favorite moments in the whole trilogy is that there's some point when if you take her and Tali on the Citadel in Mass Effect 1 uh, and ride the elevators together, uh, Ashley kind of like awkwardly asks Tali like, oh, I, you know, it basically is like, I, I noticed some people being racist to you. Are you okay? Uh, you know, she says it a little more tactfully and Tali says something like, yeah, like you get used to it at some point. But kind of the way Ashley asks that question, you can kind of tell from her tone that like the, the wheels have started turning in her head. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm a real sucker for trying to get everybody to together and uh, why can't we all just get along? And <laughs> that, that human and Turian relationship uh, is really fascinating to me and, you know, trying, trying to mend that. I think she's kind of the, the human representative of that. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, I like those moments are cool because it does give a sense of like the gears turning behind mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the scene, yeah. the, what you actually see. And it, as has been mentioned before, I think a universal human experience is having somebody like a racist family member where, you know, you have to, you have to tactfully figure out like, okay, how do I show this person that they're wrong and start get get them thinking about these things in a way that it will actually change their mind while also trying to prevent them from hating me or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Where, where am I able to push those buttons? I think the earlier points about Ashley's comments to Tally kind of cement that, uh, characteristic of, of Ashley being that, you know, battle hardened grunt. That's like, Hey, I'm always going to have your back. You know, you're, you're part of my squad. I got your back. I don't care what, you know, Ironically, I don't care what race you are. I don't care what species you are. Uh, I got your back, which is so contrary to what she says earlier, you know, with the racist comments about I don't trust the aliens. You know, I can't tell the aliens apart from the animals. And then she does things like that. And you're like, I think you do. (laughs) I think you do trust the aliens. So it's almost like her in group, the the strength of her squad being her in group is potentially more influential to her worldview than the, the races and and her race being her in-group does that make sense and, and i think that's probably true to reality is that like once we once you have a squad where you can include these people as like this is my squad these are the people who i rely on regularly these are the people who i who have saved my butt and who I've saved their butts in in battle whether that battle is doing your daily job or whatever that starts to overshadow this more broad kind of vague sense of, of an in-group. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, uh, back to an earlier point about Caden, I liked Caden playing as bro Shep, but that bromance could have been so much better that, I mean, it felt frosty. 
Jen's got her hand up. Jen. I know what Jen's going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> no, all right. If you know what I'm going to say, then I won't say it. Are you going to bring up the mod? No. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that uh, on the opposite side of the argument, um, that if like if I were to switch over to Team Caden, I would say that my bro Shep keeps Caden alive because I love the bro Shep Caden romance in three more than I like the um, Ashley fem shep sister mans in three <laughs> right sismans yeah. no not no, sis no, no that's not that doesn't not work the same thing yeah no yeah and, and you know what maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem that bioware knew how to write a romance but they didn't know how to write a sibling mance <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how would you even that's not right no that's Game of Thrones <laughs> that's, um, that's totally messed up <laughs> they didn't oh, know no. how to write a strong friendship right of people yes. of people of the opposite gender or or the same gender because if you think about it like so many of the Paragon dialogue options in Ashley's dialogue tree if you are bro Shep are romance options so it's really hard to be a very good friend to Ashley as a male Shep without romancing her. And I assume that the, tr the same is true for Caden and Fim Shep. I wouldn't know because in Mass Effect 1, when I was playing as Fim Shep, I did romance Caden. So. Oh, no, I think Bioware did a good job with um, Fim Shep and Liara's friendship. I agree. I think that they did better with the aliens creating the friendships yeah. with them than they did with the humans. Yeah. But maybe, Liara, maybe Garris, Tally, you can get all of those as really good friendships, no matter what gender you gender your shepherd is. Do you think they yeah. understood their audience though, that the audience was going to want like naturally gravitate more towards those? Yeah. I mean, I think most people do. I, I think I think a lot of us would say like we were mo way more likely to take the aliens out on missions than we were to take the humans. I mean, I know I am. So maybe that's part of it. So, so I think ahead, uh, some of, I, if I remember correctly, uh, the some of the writers were like totally blindsided by how much people liked Tali and Garrus. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's true. I heard Patrick Weeks uh, say specifically that the reason that you couldn't romance Tali and Garrus um, in the first game was that nobody anticipated how thirsty people would be for Leia, this faceless woman and this raptor bird man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> raptor bird man, right. Chicken samurai, go on. Chicken, chicken <laughs> samurai. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I, I, there's a difference between the, how much people gravitated towards the two characters as opposed to understanding that a sci-fi audience would much rather be interested in exploring and understanding more about the cool alien races than focusing more on humans especially in a first or second playthrough now some of the audience is going to play through multiple times but that's not typically where your concerns are as a developer your concerns are, are mostly on like what's your first experience going to be and how's that going to play out are people going to like that enough before they even get to the multiple playthroughs so I wonder if that has something to do with it. It just feels like the developers and the writers didn't watch Star Trek growing up. And that's just really what it comes down to. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> or maybe they purposely avoided some of those things. Okay. Since, since Mike brought it up, I have to ask the question, how many of us, and it, be honest, 
You can show by raise a hands or show hands, and I'll, I'll I'll announce the results. But how many of us sacrificed the person that we sacrificed on Vermeyer because we didn't want to bang them? <laughs> just from like a sexual like motivation. Hold on a Wait, I just want to clear my name. I did not bring that up. You said thirsty, <laughs> so we're going along that route. Oh, okay. So, so I brought up the idea that these games have romances on them. Uh, a very well okay. and documented uh, <laughs> theory that people are thirsty in these games, yes. <laughs> Fan fiction. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You ever seen Archive of Our Own for Mass Effect? Go ahead and jump in that wormhole. Yeah. Nobody's raising their hands, I noticed. Yeah, no one wants to be honest. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I would bang either of them, so therefore that didn't equate into my <laughs> transaction on who to kill. <laughs> well, there yeah, you go. I'm, I'm with Jen in a game. I'll sleep with everybody, so no factor. Can I, can I just, just jump say in? that you're a Jen in the game? So I said I'm with Jen. <laughs> okay. I'm with Jen. I'm a Jen. I'm doing a Jen right now. <laughs> The first time I played through Mass Effect 1, I was like 13. I would say that at 13, I saved Caden because I was romancing him. I would say that now it's way more story driven and gameplay driven. And the romance happens to be extra candy on top. And see, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was playing at. Not not how we would do it now, but if we were being honest, right. when you first played through the game, I well, I I can speak for myself. And being a heterosexual male, I would much rather be looking at Ashley than looking at Caden, even if it's not to the extent of like, yeah, I want to bang her. But just from like a who am I? Who would I rather have on my screen more often? Yeah, sure. Even so it, it's almost like they wrote Caden's lines that way. If you sacrifice Caden on Vermeer as broship, <laughs> because he kind of just sighs and he's like, "Okay, Shepard, <laughs> I I get it. <laughs> it's kind of sad. <laughs> you sacrifice Caden, and you're like, geez. All right, well that's sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Guess I'll go back to the ship now. Bye, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, here I've got a question. I've got a question as we're kind of getting closer and closer to the end of this episode. Here's a fun one. Now, I, first of all, has anybody changed sides? Has this been enough to convince anybody to pick the op opposite side? I didn't think so. Everyone's like, no. All right. Secondly, what would you change about the other team's character that would make you switch sides? So if you're pro Caden, is there something you would change that would make you pro Ashley? Uh, I saw I saw Arkin's hand first, and I know he's he's at work, so I want to chime in while you get a chance to talk. So I would just make Ashley's armor more like bulky. Like I need some heavy armor. I don't need the uh, Alliance rugs type stuff. I feel like she would wear something more like um, uh, James. What James wears the uh, N seven Defender set, as well as. I love the voice actress for Ashley. I've seen her in a lot of other stuff, but man, whenever I hear Ashley talk, it just grates on my ears. Oh man. So the armor from a aesthetic standpoint or a gameplay standpoint or both? Uh, for both. Both. Interesting. Mike, I, I know you, you wanted to chime in with something too. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, um, so oddly enough, 
I probably should be on Team Caden because I actually think he's probably the character that I am most like uh, in the games, uh, specifically the phenomenon of uh, being very sarcastic and deadpan to the point that most people who don't know that you're joking. Uh-huh. Uh, and I feel like they didn't give him enough chances to be as funny as he is. Like a lot of, there's a lot of times when when he'll say something that I feel like alludes to his sense of humor and like how smart he is, but I feel like they don't go into it enough. Like they don't go into his personality, it seems like, as much as they do with other characters. So getting to expand, I mean, maybe this even connects to the whole like bro friend thing, getting deeper into that side of it could sway mm-hmm. your opinion. Interesting. Yes. Cloudy, Cloudy chiming in. Cloudy, I don't like poetry oh, yeah. either. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> oh, good. There are dozens of us. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's pretentious. Um, it's, oh, you might as well write prose. Just, you can use metaphor and simile and prose and make it rhyme. It doesn't happen. Whatever. Anyway, go on. Go on, Cloudy. Um, okay. This is my opinion on Ashley. I've seen a lot of clips from her in three, so I have a rough estimation of her, but if I could change one thing, they did her dirty in three. I'd get the original writer back. Like the way, the biggest complaint I hear about her is they turned her into a combat Barbie. Like they put her in that stupid foil skirt. And if you read the Mass Effect concept art book, they put her hair down to give her sex appeal is verbatim what the book says. Yeah. That's just really, are you kidding me? That's so pretty like, grimy. Just like, like you said earlier, like better armor that's realistic. That's not a tin foil skirt and thigh high boots. And maybe don't have her pass out drunk on the floor twice in the third game. Yeah. Just a thought. Like, yeah. Well, it, you did her dirty. It's, it's one of those things that I find funny about these games is that they are so overtly sexual, not just in the, the fact that you can like romance characters, but like, like the body armor is super form fitting all the time and even like the camera they had to change some of the camera angles on legendary edition so that it wasn't on people's butts you know <laughs> like come on like like you can't deny that the developers or the writers or whoever was maybe the person managing the team i don't know whose role this was that made all of these decisions but there is definitely a bias towards that and it, it is a little it is a little icky at times right like yeah like i feel bad for like disliking ashley because of these reasons like when she's in the hospital and you visit her there's a lot of gratuitous like why is her chest bandaged why is the camera right there kind of shots and right. it's just like this is just disrespectful at this point like you're not even treating her as a person she's just an object at this point right she's a background like she's a background character but you know what i mean right she, she's, she's more that. visual candy than yeah yeah to do that like of all characters to do that too Ashley, who in Mass Effect 1 tells us, you know, you know, you're not going to ask to see me in a tinfoil miniskirt. Right. Don't objectify me. And then she gets objectified. Yeah. And then she gets objectified. It feels like a special fuck you from (laughs) from the game company to Ashley. And I didn't want to see that in three. So I don't keep her alive because that's just it's too much for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Who else wants to chime in? What would you change about the other character to make you be more for them? So Caden and Mass Effect 1, he gets better later on. But in Mass Effect 1, he's very calm to angry. Like, he doesn't have a wide range of emotion, it feels like. 
It's just like binary, like yeah, it's just yeah. like up down, just up switches. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just annoys me in life in general. When I meet somebody who's like calm and then all of a sudden freaks out, I'm like, "What in the world's going on with you people?" Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because so it makes the calm feel like it must be fake some of the time. Yeah, because they're not inching up to that the actual level it's like they're they're covering over it's like it's like the hulk quote of like i'm always angry right like they're just covering over the anger until all of a sudden it, they can't anymore and then all of a sudden it just comes out right like in mass Effect one he feels fake at times like he does feel very this isn't like that's not him like it's overtly calm disingenuous and docile and then all of a sudden like freaks out he gets better in, in two and three but and one, I just wish he would have been more, I don't know, just not like that, I guess. Yeah, that does make sense, though, his demeanor being an officer in the military, uh, especially with Shepard being the commanding officer of the ship after Anderson leaves. It would make sense for Caden why he wouldn't want to put himself in a bad light with the new commanding officer of the ship and, you know, potentially... Uh, talk too much and uh, speak out of line to Shepard. So from a military point of view, that would make sense. However, I, I understand what you're saying, that uh, that it's a little too level-headed, <laughs> that you're like, you're definitely biting your tongue about some things, and uh, I don't know where to, I, I don't know how to, uh, where to ping you, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a fair point. Shanko, did you want to chime in? Uh-oh, we can't hear you. One of the, one oh, of, there you are. You just showed up. You just came in. Yes. You're good now. Okay. Um, I think to the point of Caden kind of coming off as one-dimensional, a lot of his character development is hidden within the romance. Um, so if you chose not to romance him, I can see where a lot of people would miss out on a whole lot of Caden's backstory and some of the things that make him more interesting. Uh, but as far as something that, I would change about Ashley to make her more of a character that I would consider saving for future gameplay and future, uh, future run throughs through the trilogy. I think the like racist overtones were a bit overdone and then they're just like, okay, now they're gone. Uh, you know, I feel like there should have been a couple of conversations or a, a little bit different framing for that to set it up in a different light. Like making it, it more a, obvious, like it could be more of a character development moment rather than a. Um, I don't care that you don't trust the aliens; they're a part of the crew, so you kind of have to just deal with it, you know. Because you can choose to put it down kind of hard as a renegade, or you can just be like, "I understand your concerns, but we have to work together." If you're a paragon, I didn't jive with that. With Caden, it's more cut and dry, like. All right, you're the commanding officer. I'm a soldier. I follow orders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soda, did you want to chime in? Uh-oh. It's like there's a delay until we can hear people talk. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Helps if I unmute my oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, we can hear you. Now I can't hear you guys. What the hell? Weird. There we go. Okay. All right, go ahead. Um just to comment off that last that last uh, comment, I know. So basically, how Shepard, you know, kind of, you know, talks to uh, Ashley about 
you know, the concerns about the alien crew and stuff like that. I know that, uh, what is it? She, it's not, she's not, he's not the only person that Shepard does that to is, uh, uh, Navigator Presley is also quite, you know, um, in that same area, same boat. Like, you know, he, he's very distrustful of the crew. And, uh, I know Shepard has to do that, uh, talk to him about that. And he ends up, you know, eventually, even after he's dead, aspect two, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, does, you know, you know, see the crew, like the aliens as pretty much own family. Um, so I don't know how they would, cha- they, they could have changed that and put it more into a development of going down the line of throughout throughout the games for Ashley is like you know you will actually watch her like you know not be as racist if I'm, if yeah I'm, if I'm yeah making that correctly I get what you're saying so like like in to, oh I'm echoing through your headphones now so I don't know if you'll need to mute your mic but kind of like what Shanka was saying is having these conversations these uh moments where those kinds of discussions happen and you kind of incrementally walk into, you know, realizing that she's growing and making these changes. Yeah. You're saying something along the same lines. I also wouldn't want her telling me her her complete story pretty much right out the get-go. Right. Right. I got you. I got you. All right. And who else has anything else to share before we, we wrap this up? Anybody else with any final thoughts? on this or things that you would change with the other team in order to make you potentially switch sides. Nobody else. Oh, wait, Apollo. I'll go real quick. Yeah. I think for, them, for me to switch sides to Caden, they would just have to make him a more compelling character. Like I don't dislike Caden. I don't, he's fine, but he's just kind of meh. Like he's like meatloaf. You know, <laughs> if you like, if you like ground beef and you invited me in, and you invited me over to your house for dinner and we're serving meatloaf. I'd be like, okay, I'll eat it. But if you said, Hey, what do you want me to make for dinner? I'm never going to say meatloaf ever. Sure. That's Caden. That's Caden. He's, right. the, he's like the meatloaf of the game for me. I got you. Like if there wasn't a choice and he was just a default part of the squad, you'd have been like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Caden, Caden just got called the dish that no one ordered. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. He, and, and in my, in my palate, that would make Caden coleslaw. Coleslaw. So I'm going to start I, calling him coleslaw Caden. I do like yeah, the meatloaf thing coleslaw. because then it makes me think of the musician and how I could do anything for <laughs> love. <laughs> and then now I just want that to play in the background of every romance scene in the game. That's super weird. Uh, Jen, did you want to chime in with something too? Uh, my brain is trying to see like the Jack romance scene with that playing in the background. <laughs> but and I how won't horrible. do that. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> wow. But I do think that everybody should experience it one way or should experience the game both ways you know a lot of us especially in this chat here tonight and listening to the podcast have played through this game at least the once and are now probably working through their second or 70th playthrough (laughs) and if you haven't gone through and picked the other person 
I think you should give them a shot just to see how many little things change within the games. I didn't realize that a lot of like, oh, now I actually don't need to go to that part of the ship because the person that I would normally talk to isn't down there anymore. So now one less pit stop to make, (laughs) you know, little things like that or little moments of dialogue that change depending on who you pick. Um, Yeah. I think it's worth the experience. Yeah, good point. Solid point. Sam, any last thoughts? Uh, well, I agree completely there. I, you know, until several months ago, I guess close to one year ago, uh, when I started, you know, my FemShep playthroughs, or no, no, actually one playthrough before that, I had never saved Caden before. So now that I've I've saved him, you know, I've done both of those things. And at this point, I feel like I'm only cheating myself if I don't play the game differently, no matter how painful or averse to that I might be uh, initially. And, and, you know, I'm on a heavy Renegade playthrough right now. So uh, that has been rewarding in as much as I get to, like, distance myself from the character, you know, a little bit and then be like, I can be a total asshole. <laughs> and sometimes it's hilarious. Other times it's heinous, uh, but but I'm already planning another Paragon uh, playthrough after that. That's the good thing, you know. If you if you're doing a playthrough and you don't really like it, guess what? You can do another playthrough. Yeah, the game still exists. You can go back and start again. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, so so there's that, and then I also you know I, I also just thought the one thing that they could do that would that would really push me toward being Team Caden is just make the bromance better, like. Like, make it so that Caden is just as much of a ride or die to Broshep as Garrus is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I bet it, for all, for everything that we would want to happen, I'm sure doing that isn't always easy as a writer, right? Like, sometimes you write stuff and you're like, this is going to be great. And nobody responds to it. And other times you write stuff and people are like, oh, I didn't expect Garrus would be as popular as as he became. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to want those things. But to actually pull that off is always a little bit harder than it seems. Um, uh, Arkin, did you want to chime in? I think the only problem with making uh, Caden another ride or die bromance thing is that it would fall into the same problem of um, Boba Fett and Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is what we see Boba Fett as, so Boba Fett can no longer be that character. If Caden were like that ride or die bro, then it would either out, it would either live in Garrus's shadow because Garrus has always been the ride or die bro, or it would just kind of it, it would just be two of the same people almost. Yeah. Yeah, too. It, it's all too similar. Again, it's it's tough to pull this stuff off as a writer, right? Make everybody feel unique and different, have their own types of relationships, and yet make it work all the way around. Guys, this has been awesome. Thank you for joining. Uh, has anybody changed opinions at all? Have we moved the needle at all? Nobody, nobody's moving the needle. Everyone's like, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm staying. Well, have okay. So let's let's have about this question. Have you gained any more appreciation for the other side than you had when we started? get some nodding okay all right all right hey communication it's an amazing thing this has been awesome here we're gonna go back through everybody and uh thank you for coming and if you have some other project you'd like to shout out something that you're working on ways people can check out what you're putting out into the world or just ways that they can reach out if they want to chat then please let us know we're gonna start with genesis genesis 
I know you got stuff. I do have stuff. I am one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. We're currently going through the Fallout 4 characters. So come take a listen. Very cool. And, and I know you're... That you- yeah, you're mm-hmm. taking part in our charity thing. We're, we've got a Robots Radio Labor Day charity all day stream coming up on this upcoming Monday, September 5th. And you're going to be a part of this. A lot of our hosts are going to be a part of this. You want to share a little bit about what you're going to be doing? Uh, yeah, it's a couple of hosts all getting together from uh, Almighty Crit, which are Lorecast, uh, the dragon age lore cast a whole bunch of us i think i'm missing a few oh and the mcu lore cast yes uh we are all getting together and we are going to be playing fifth ed uh D live play session but teacup is our dm and he has told us that we are all starting at level 20 which is nuts i've never it done is that extreme dream nuts and so he's been messaging us the background and stuff and toasty and i are gonna have so much fun yeah so all of the money that we raise this upcoming monday is going to saint jude's for the kids we're helping out all the kids we're trying to raise as much as we can and the stream will be on twitch.tv slash robots radio this is my main channel it's the one that we're going to bring everybody onto i'm going to be capturing from their streams onto onto that one so go follow twitch.tv slash robots radio then you'll see where they're streaming as well you can follow their channels for each individual show because they all have their own channels and it's going to be awesome you can donate there and uh, i hope you guys enjoy it we'll be starting in the morning we'll be going all day long lots of different streamers i'll be doing it as well so go check that out so awesome jen turbo turbo i know i know usually you're like yeah i don't have anything going on but if you want to reach out you can reach out on discord is that the same yeah, pretty much. Yes. He's just nodding his head. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for being here. It's good to see you again. Um, Soda, you got anything going on you want to share? Uh-oh, you're muted again. Oh, no. I think it's I think it's in the... There you go. Um, just the usual. Go check out uh, simulatorsanonymous.com, where I tend to hang out in their discord um great bunch of guys enjoy simulator games and uh or go or check them out at uh simulators anonymous on twitch cool very cool well thanks for joining us again captain shanko i know you got stuff Uh uh-oh the voice is catching up maybe try talking now one two three there you go for some reason it doesn't come through right away with you but now it does um, I'm one half of the MCU lore cast. Uh, we're putting out episodes every Monday covering MCU history, lore, comic books, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're also participating in the charity stream. We're going on at 11 uh, to do some Marvel trivia and a little host Q&A, get to know us a little bit better. Yeah, that's uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So that would be like 10 Central. That would be what, 8 Pacific. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll be on there and uh, you can find us across social media as MCU Lorecast. Pretty active on the Discord as well as Captain Shenko. Um, I'm just playing games, doing the podcast, living life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us again. Big Bills, you got anything you want to share? Nope. Nothing much going on. Thanks for having me. Have a good week, y'all. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Apollo. I'm Apollo. Uh, I'm not a creator, so nothing to share there. It's my birthday. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Hey, happy birthday, man. That's great. 
Well, this is a fun, fun little birthday thing you get to do. That's awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Mike. I don't have any uh, projects to plug, but if you want some more of me, go listen to the music episode of this very podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Uh, Arkan, this has been very interesting watching you work this whole time. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, I don't really have any podcasts or anything, but I'm currently writing, I wouldn't say a book, but it's not a short story either. Um, at some point, I'll release it somewhere. I might put it on the Discord. Um, but I am looking for someone to just read over it so that I don't sound like a senile lunatic when I uh, publish it. Yeah. Shanka raised, raised her hand, so you might have someone there. Yeah, you guys should talk. You guys should chat. Well, that's awesome. Share more about that as it gets closer to releasing. Thanks for being here. And then Cloudy. Cloudy Alice. Yeah, I'm just uh, in the Robots Radio Discord. I'm Cloudy Atlas, shockingly. And on September the 23rd, I'll be on the Two Girls, One Shit podcast. Sweet. That's our special guest star for Fallout 4. Awesome. Awesome. Well, have fun with that. That sounds like a, a blast. Sam. It will be. Yeah. Awesome. Sam, you got anything you want to share before we head out? Uh, yeah. Yeah, as always, streaming Sassy Ship Saturdays on Twitch. I am uh, getting toward, you know, the halfway point of Mass Effect 3 with my first Fimship playthrough. So if you haven't caught any of it yet, now is a good time. If you've been keeping up, uh, now is a good time to keep in touch. So uh, still doing that and going to try to fit in some Thetas Thursdays with my first ever uh, Dragon Age playthrough as well. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitch at In7TheLegend and uh, same handle on Twitter. And by the way, Tom, uh, I've been playing the Morrowind multiplayer mod. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds nuts. It's, it, it, it works better than the Skyrim one. That's crazy. Can it's you hit crabs seamless. or are you just still swinging at them? Uh, yeah, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Dice rolls. It, it depends, but but, but you you and I are going to have to stream that sometime because it's hilarious. So Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, let me know when you've got some free time. I know your schedule's changed and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm trying to stream as often as I can. My streaming schedule is now Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays in the afternoons. So come hang out with me for that stuff. But uh, especially come hang out on Monday, this upcoming Monday, September 5th for the charity stream twitch.tv slash robots radio come on over it's going to be awesome if this is a success we're going to do this more often to make this maybe a semi-regular thing maybe a few times a year we're trying stuff out and we're going to see how it goes so i hope you guys decide to come join us for that uh sam and i will be back next week but it will be on friday i don't are we going to do a friday this week are we going to skip a week and do a Friday. I don't know. We're switching to Fridays. We'll figure it out. We're going to figure it out. We'll look at our schedules, but, uh, streams and recording will now happen on Fridays instead of Mondays. So if it seems like the next episode is a little bit delayed or weird, that's what's up. Don't worry about it. But, uh, come join us for the live show on Friday evenings at 9 PM Eastern, uh, 6 PM Pacific. That would be the math. All right, guys, thanks for being here. This has been super fun. We'll see. I'll see you on the Discord. See you around the internet and stay safe out there. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at Mass Effect Lorecast at gmail.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 